Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. A bad team facing a good team is never completely out of it. Nick Costos, co-host of You Better You Bet. 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern on the BetQL Network. There's 162 games in the season. The best teams are going to lose 60-plus times, and the worst teams are going to win 60-plus times. Each night is its own individual entity. That's what makes betting on the baseball regular season so much fun. All the insight you need to bet smarter is at BetQL.com. And listen to You Better You Bet with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley, streaming weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey. Bradford Show. That's my open. That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hits Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify wh- your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. Gabrielle Star's back. It's been a while. I know, you left me. I didn't you. I went to Arizona. I went to Pedroia's house. I was doing things. That's the ultimate leaving. I guess. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm trying to think, like, so we did we did a podcast, I don't know, a few weeks ago, then I went away, and then I did something else, and I did something else, and I did something else. I just haven't been around. I don't, it's nothing against you. No, I don't take uh, it personally. No, no. Everyone else was saying, where's Gabrielle? I said, don't worry about it. When we go to Lord Hobo Brewing Company and have pods giving... She's going to be back, and here you are. I left, I left my voice at home, but I am here. That's good, though. <laughs> you're powering through. So we're gonna, because your, your voice needs to be salvaged throughout this whole thing, um, we are going to get cut right to the chase. Speaking and of salvaging. Salvaging? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, that was my segue. We are going to see if baseball can be salvaged. That's what we're talking about. I think it's a worthy topic, Gabrielle, to talk about because as we sit here on the precipice of the baseball offseason, really, I mean, the winter meetings are a couple Hot of weeks. Hot stove. Hot stove, right? Even though they, we've had a couple signings, which is about three, three or four more, there was nothing. I looked it up the other day. There was nothing last November. Nothing. At least no. you have now. You have Grindel. You have, uh, who was it? Was it Harris? You have... Um, um, who else? You have uh, Darno. Sanchez. Darno. Oh no, Sanchez got outrated. Yeah. Well, even like uh, today, as we're taking a Josh Harrison, the guy who was signed to be a starting second baseman for Detroit last year, it absolutely sucked. Yeah. But he signs a minor league deal in November. That tells you that guys want to sign. To me, to me, this yeah. is this is people saying. The player saying, I want to sign early. I don't want to leave anything to chance. Yeah, well, you saw that with Xander Bogarts last year. 
He's like, I want an extension. I want it now. But he didn't sign early, though. No, but he, he oh, was the oh, one that, I'm yeah, saying. He he's a, the one that yes. asked for it because players have seen what the off-seasons have looked like for the last two years. And yes. they're like, they're seeing, you know, superstars showing up late to spring training because the deals can't get done. And they're like, I'm not Bryce Harper. I'm not Manny Machado. I'm not Mookie Betts. I'm not Mike Trout. Like, I just want to get paid and I want to have a place to play. They don't want to end up like Craig Kimbrell. But, but then you have guys like Mookie Betts who say, I don't care. I'm really good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride it out. That's because he's Mookie Betts. You're very, you're very worried when he, when he unfollowed I wasn't side. worried, but the number of people on Reddit who were losing their minds, and this is why I go on Reddit like maybe once every six months, because once you fall down the black hole of Reddit conspiracy yeah. theories in sports, somebody even said, they're like, what if it's a time travel thing? And I was like, what? Huh? As in, like, they're going to trade Mookie and get, like, the next Mookie, and he'll turn out to be better than Mookie, and someone wrote back, that's, like, What's time travel. What's with him, like, following or unfollowing? That's what happens on Reddit. It's a black hole. I, I didn't know I could go on Reddit. I only saw it on Twitter. But I knew it was sort of the first reference I saw to that. I'm like, ugh. Here we go. I know. Here we go. But that, you know, the funny thing is a friend of mine yesterday tweeted saying if she was a, if she was an athlete, she would follow and unfollow seams just to stir the pot. And, oh. I, and I think it's hilarious because, honestly, in this day and age, like, People will literally screenshot that someone unfollowed and followed people. Yeah. And that's like, that's news. But you know what? You know what's the next level of that? The eyeballs. Of course. You just throw up some eyeballs. Oh, I throw up eyeballs all the time. Yeah, but it's do people go? Oh, what's Gabrielle thinking? What's what's happening? Sometimes they, they do. do. What's going on? Yeah, because yeah. Do you throw? Do you really throw up eyeballs all the time? I'm pretty sure. You have sure. to be conservative with your eyeball throwing. I, I'm careful about it. Like, when I found, when, during, when the day that Dombrowski got fired, yep. I found out during the game, I found out at like 8.30, 9 o'clock, yep. it was like the third inning. I was like, all right, but I need to confirm that this is true. So I, but I, I tweeted something kind of innocuous, but hinting. I was like, something about how the game was crazy, and I'm trying right now to remember if I threw up an eyeballs at the end of that tweet or not. But I spent the whole night trying to confirm that news. And I was, like, so tempted to be, like, to just, like, break it. But then I was, like, no, I got to gotta be go sure. I'd rather be, I'd rather be right than be first. Yes. It's the, and then it's the don't – give me all the credit if I'm right. Don't give me any of the yeah. blame if I'm wrong. And, um, listen, this is that's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. We're talking about is baseball salvageable because – as we sit here, like we said, on the precipice of the hot stove with the winter meetings just a few weeks away, that it really is a time that, like, this can go really, really poorly for baseball. You look at the other leagues, and, and I feel that when I talk to people, when I talk to, a, a lo- you know, whoever it is, like, baseball is just getting so far off the radar of the average sports fan. I think, Gabrielle, more than ever, honestly. Uh, yeah, I agree. And, and, and before, and it was like, oh, you're just not paying attention. You're not paying attention. But the offseason used to be such a deal. It was like a season within or outside of a season. It was great. Baseball took that away from us. We have that, which we don't know if that's going to be in play. We don't know yet. <laughs> And then we have things like the Astros cheating scandal, which everyone will point to that and say, oh, look at, you know, baseball's an absolute mess because of that. We have, you know, we have things like 
whatever. The uh, minor. That's unfollowing. That's, uh, it's and the minor league thing. The, I'm sorry. Yes, the minor league thing. It's a terrible look for uh, for. Uh, Especially Billy. since it's like Bernie Sanders was tweeting about it. Yeah. So it's like you know it's bad if like the most recognition based, the most attention baseball is getting is for cheating, wife beating. And minor leagues. That's another and my, one. Like today, everyone's talking about Sam Dyson. You know, during the postseason, everyone was talking about Roberto Ozuna. Like, if the if the only things that are being talked about in baseball are bad things, which I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about them. They're important. They're yeah. bad, and they need to be fixed. But that's all that's being talked about, and therefore, it's like, all right, you have this dying sport, basically, with a terrible marketing system. And the only news that breaks that people actually talk about because the marketing is not great is bad news. And that's that's just going to kill it faster. And I'm going to give you another one. And this is one that people aren't even talking about yet is a, a potential strike. Yeah. I mean, this is, I think uh, our good friend Catillo tweeted this out and he's right. I mean, they haven't scheduled a place for the winter meetings next year. Like, that's not a coincidence. No. And so, you know, all of this, you bring it up. What are we talking about with this game right now that's good? I feel like everything I'm writing about lately is just, and it's not just because there's no games. It's like even during the season, you know, there's only so many ways I could have said the Red Sox suck. So I pivoted, and the only thing to really pivot to was news in baseball that's not games. Well, think about it. During the, the sort of the marquee time, the time where baseball has the slim window of being able to take some ratings away from football, which is in the postseason, what was the thing, the biggest story of the Brandon, postseason? Brandon Taubman. Exactly. And that, and somebody even said they were like, this is a really crappy way to start the World Series. And I was like, yeah, but he's also verbally attacking women, so like we can't not talk about it. Like, well, it was a story. I mean, it's like you are like, you just can't ignore, you can't even say, oh, there's nothing to see here. If a big story is happening, a big story is happening. And, okay, yeah, you know, you get to the, you get to the final, you know, the game of the World Series, Game 7, but it didn't feel like, it didn't feel like this, that anticipation. And then, now, you don't have that, you talk about anticipation, that anticipation of the offseason. The offseason was always awesome. And I'm not talking about because the Red Sox don't have any money to spend. I'm talking about across Which the board. Which they do. They just don't want yeah, to. Yeah, well, they, I mean, that's a whole other they raise, I don't know if they raise ticket prices a dollar. Yes. Yeah, it's yes. I'm very sad. Uh, yes. <laughs> but they have their theater coming in. Congratulations, Red Sox. Tune in to like 17 episodes. Episodes ago, for my upset <laughs> yeah, about yeah. the 1.7 percent uptick. Once we have to pay for tickets, we will loop back on that conversation. But you know, I'm not uh, paying for tickets. I'm just gonna watch on uh, TV. Uh, well, I'm not paying for tickets either. I'm getting a press pass. Um, you, but you have so Yasmani Grandal signs this significant contract, and, I, and maybe that's a sign of things to come. But I don't feel like you have the reaction of this break. But you don't have that, oh, my goodness, like, I can't believe this just happened. Here we go. Like, you have Garrett Cole. You have Strasburg. You have this another, just your typical amount of players who are out there that should really lead to a dramatic offseason. It doesn't feel that way. And you know what, though? There were... It was like that last season and the season before too, because I remember reading. Worse. I remember reading in like 2016 or something about 
the upcoming free agent class for this year when it was supposed to be like Trout and Sale and Kershaw, like all these guys. And, you know, talking about, and Don, uh, Donaldson, it was like literally supposed to be like 15 superstars. <laughs> and then it's none of them. They all have deals, which is fine. But the ones that didn't, like Machado and Harper, it dragged on for so long that it was kind of like an extra inning game. And, and you were just like, just somebody finished this already. Yeah. You're like, you don't even care anymore. No, you just want it to be over. When, when that happened, it wasn't like, oh my, you're right. Because now it was, you were exhausted. It's not the, like A-Rod in 04 where it's like the Yankees swooped in and stole right, well, him and it was drama and then there was fighting. Well, having covered it, it was always very structured. It was, I know there was no deadline, like winter deadline, but we understood by the time you got to Christmas, you were pretty much done. You were taking January off. Deals, you had the winter meetings, a lot happened there. You had the at the week after the winter meetings, and then maybe the week after that. Nothing, and I think it's a great point. By the time that those deals were signed... It was spring training. Machado was and, late. And, and it was also like, you can only pay attention for so long. You can. Well, also, there's only 30, 30 teams, so it's like... It's not like it's not like with like the Democratic Party where it's like eight million people can say they're running for president. Like at a certain point, you run out of teams to speculate that they're going to, and you're just like, all right, well, he's going somewhere, but it's been six months, and I don't care anymore. So you have that aspect of it where we don't know. Maybe maybe the winter meetings. Some I think more stuff will happen in the winter meetings. But to your point and to my point, I guess too, like. Will it have the same impact? Yeah. Well, if, if you do have a, a bunch of signings, will it have the same impact? Will people care as much? I'll go back to, I think you said 2016. So the last time the winter meetings were in San Diego, might have been that year. It was a John Lester year. Well, that was before. So it was 2015. So, but I remember being out there, and you had Lester, you know, just for the Red Sox. You had Lester, you had Andrew Miller. Yeah, then they made a trade for Porcello, and they made the trade for Miley. It was a lot of stuff going on. And by the way, the Patriots still existed, but there wasn't, and there was a lot of attention paid to that sort of stuff. Yeah. For the Red Sox, if they did that right now, it would be a day. And then see, I mean, look at the stuff they've done already. Like Bloom was okay, whatever, sure, whatever. I mean, I think I think people were excited about Bloom on Twitter, like you see people, but, but then, aren't, but but then aren't, I'm talking like, about the average, <laughs> the average, like, I think there's sports a, fan. I think that this season was obviously very disappointing and disenchanting for people, because it wasn't just that... But I'm talking about baseball. I'm just talking about baseball. I'm, I'm saying for a lot of teams, though, oh, you know, a lot, of teams, overall, a lot yeah. of teams underperformed, like the Phillies, um, the Red Sox, obviously. And it's kind of gotten to this repetitive point where more than ever it feels like the same few teams are in the postseason every year. Like the Dodgers, it was like their seventh year in a row. Yeah. And, you know, the Nationals, the sad thing is they don't really have a fan ba- a huge fan base because they're a newer team. So between that and all the scandals in baseball, I think people are just feeling like tired what? of it and, so, uh, and burnt out. I know, I felt burnt out this year. Well, and so the the biggest, what is the biggest storyline for the Boston Red Sox right now? Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts, okay. So let's play this out. So Mookie Betts, you know, Mookie Betts is a traded 
be signed, whatever. See, plays a year and then leaves. What type of reaction does it get around here? And I'll give you my opinion. Let's just say he's traded, right? It's a big story for that day, a couple days. Then you're moving on. Then people are moving on. It's not, you have one of the most potentially iconic players in this franchise history. And, and we're paying attention to it now because we like the idea of the unknown and the drama and everything. But when something happens, if he signs, if he signs a, a $300 million contract, he was like, yeah, okay. It's, it's, for you and I, it's a great conversation. We can talk about it all day long because it's like, should you pay that guy that much or not? But I think in baseball, it was like, yeah, okay. I mean, I agree with you, but I think that's more a sign of the time, of like the, the age we're living in where, you know, you refresh your Twitter feed on your phone. There's like 800 new stories in the last 10 minutes. Like, that's just the way that life is now where we move on from things so I quickly. I said when it's the NFL, though. Even, yeah, but like I, even, you know, Tyreek Hill or... Like, aside from, like, trolls who still talk about Deflategate, like, new things happen. It's also different. Football is, like, only once a week, so. Yeah. I get it. I mean, football, I shouldn't compare it to football. Football is king. There's no M- doubt about maybe it. Maybe basketball. But, but, but even, like, basketball, basketball, we knew this was coming. Basketball is leapfrogging. And this is a, the whole idea of you have the stars and you have that you can focus on just a few stars in every team and like I've always said you aren't running isolations for Mookie Betts it's a completely different thing but to come back to what, what we started this conversation it just it just feels like because of all the things that we mentioned it just feels like baseball is in a real is in real trouble and maybe I'll be honest with Gabrielle so I've been coaching high school basketball and I have 25 kids. I bring up baseball. Nothing. None yeah. of them. None of them care. Number one. And if one of them, one or two of them do, it's it's basically the equivalent of, um, you know, somebody wanting to have a hobby of building birdhouses. They're an outlier. You yeah. know, it's like if I talk to them about basketball, they'll talk about. It. If I talk about fancy football, they'll talk about it. Baseball is such an outlier for everybody. It just feels like it's going more and more that way. Yeah, but you and I have talked about this before. Oh. In the... Uh, Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm saying, like, in the ticket prices episode that we did, we talked about this. People... Now, I'm not talking about the 1.7%. In general, it is much more expensive now than it was 10... 15, 20 years ago to bring your family to the ballpark and actually like not just get there uh, yeah. but to enjoy the game yeah. and and more than that MLB doesn't market baseball to kids and you know the games are on late It's and they're long so it's not a priority that people are making and therefore like my thing with baseball is I truly like if, if you asked me would you be a baseball fan if you just like got into it when you were 20 I'd probably be like, no, because most of my baseball identity was my dad teaching me baseball from a young age, remembering being like a tiny, tiny girl going to Fenway for the first time and growing up in this dazzling ballpark. 
Yeah. And David Ortiz being literally larger than life Bush, in my childhood. I'm going to stop you right there. So my 17-year-old son has no use for baseball. So I'm saying, no, Colby, listen. Interesting. It's dazzling. It's, you know, like Mookie Betts, he's running around. You know, he's he's hitting a double and he's, uh, like, doing some histrionics at, at second base. It's great. And, and it's, it's you're right. He's like, you're absolutely right. And then on top of it, you're, you making have, me, you're making me seem really old that like a 17-year-old no, no, kid no, is so you, much but, younger but than me. But you're, you're right because if the baseball fans, I would love to have a study done of how many baseball fans there actually are who picked up the game not halfway through their life, but later in life. Later, later in life, I'm meaning outside of high school. I right? would want to see that study now, not like 30 years ago oh, no. because I feel like back then... Baseball was more of a thing for everybody. Yeah, well, there's too many. This, that comes back to there's too many options. Of course. Right? right. So, and, you know, there's still Little League and there's still pop. There's still people who like baseball, but I think you're on to something, which is you have to be now bred for it more than ever. And then, and then, by the way, we haven't even talked about, you know, the problem with the game. Like, the problem with the game is it becomes, even for the people who follow it, has become so unbelievably convoluted with cheating scandals yeah and it's like you can't be both boring and non-appealing and then also be morally bankrupt because you have to be you you got like if you're the nfl you have to be like people still watch football and watch football more than ever because it's entertaining so people are like all right it's fine that people beat women and abuse drugs because this game is exciting but if you're baseball, people are like, oh, well, you're boring, and you have cheating, and you have wife beating, and you have scandals. Mm, like, that, sounds, that sounds delicious. It's like, oh, yes. all right, fun. Like, yes. This is, like, boring and bad. That's not great. <laughs> and I'm going to give you another one. So we it's sort of the GM meetings. And at the GM meetings, they get all the GMs in, like, one room. And you can enter. It's good. It's good access. All of them take the same approach. All of them go so far out of their way to be boring. All they because to go, I mean, they're very nice. Like, Haim Loom is a perfect example. He's very nice. I think he has a really good personality. He has a sort of dry wit. But you can tell he's like a lot of these guys. I am going to do everything I can to protect what my, because, and I, I get it. I get it. You're protecting your, what is the most important thing to you. Which is your organization, your organization's information, that's fine. And your job. And your job, yeah, and your job. And, but this is, I think, more than any sport, you have executives, you have managers, you have players who are so guarded. Like, I just saw uh, Ainge, Rachel Mitchell Nichols, just, they tweeted out an interview with Ainge, Danny Ainge. Like, Danny Ainge is honest. Like, yeah. He's okay. You know, he says that, like, and you know what? Most of the NBA GMs are like that. Did you see that funny tweet when he? Um, With a dog? No, it was like something about like um, one of the players got hit in the crotch, and uh, he tweeted, and he's like, "I'll have the Red Sox send you over a cup." Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's Danny yeah. Ainge. He's like, you know, like. And, the, and then you look at baseball, and the fact that Cora, when he got hired as the manager, even had a Twitter account, was like a novel thing, because most managers in baseball don't even have a Twitter account, and he wasn't even verified at the time, like he had like a thousand followers, yeah. like it was so random, but it was like, people were talking, they're like, Alex Cora is even on Twitter, that's so young and hip and cool, because 
that was an outlier. Yeah. And, but and now he's never on Twitter. Well, no, he, he tweets. Yeah, he tweets. But it's like, you know, he'll retweet the Red Sox. Yeah, yeah, go compare his tweets to <laughs> I before. Mean, I mean, but, but it comes back to what you said. His responsibility is to protect his team. Like, his priority is to protect his his team, his job, the organization, everything, the competitive advantages. And I think for baseball, across the board, that's another reason why we don't see personalities. We just don't. Everyone's, everyone... And is, it's a damn shame because, you know, like, you know what? It, the minute somebody shows a slightest interest in, in a slightest bit of personality... Everyone talks about it. Like when they mic'd up Mookie during spring training and he's like, I'm not getting this one, boys. They talked about it for like a week. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so you see, and I talked to Jessica Mendoza about this this summer. I was like, I was like, what's up with the miking up players? Like, why don't they do that more? And she said, MLB is into it. We've talked about it. They want to do it, but teams don't want to do it. Players don't want to do it. And players don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, And that's the problem. And we see it ourselves. Players, you know, players are. And I, I was talking to Bedoya a little bit about this, how it, how things have changed. Players are a lot more about protecting their brand more than ever. Yeah, you know and why? They because under- they think the media and their teams are out to get them. Exactly. They, yeah. There is no trust in baseball no. anymore. That's the biggest issue. Is players think. And it's rightfully so. Players think teams are going to screw them because they're not going to pay them, and that's what you see with the offseason. And they think the media is rabid, and they're going to report on everything. And, and, I'll give you another one. and social media, like the, today with Sam Dyson, a girl tweeted out the screenshots of his girlfriend's post on Instagram, where she post, talked about Sam Dyson abusing her and the cat, their pet cat. Yes. And this was just like a girl with like, I don't know, like a thousand Twitter followers and her tweet got thousands of likes and reviews and MLB is investigating the guy. And I'm not saying it's just because of her doing that, but with social media, it's just another way for fans to feel like somebody else is always looking over their shoulder and they can't show any personality because anything they do is going to be construed as maybe problematic and and affect their career. I'm going to give you another one. You talk about players not trusting the media you know locally I you know I can only speak for this market but locally it's like you have you have a couple different dynamics at play one of them which is already uh, sports radio or, or sports radio on TV I mean that's another thing and that's how they view a lot of these people or social media tweets random tweets like nothing to do with like I went to journalism school, I'm covering the team, nothing to do with that. That doesn't matter anymore. So they're so protective because of all of that. I had one player say, well, you know, I don't, you know, I know that the beat writers are in there. They aren't acting like people on Twitter, people on the sports radio, whatever. But a lot of times they go on those shows. So is guilty by association now? It's a lot of it, Gabrielle, is just an excuse not to trust the media. Of course. It's just an excuse. As, and, and people get burned. It's fine. I mean, like, I get it. People get burned. But all I know is this, is that it didn't used to be this way, and it wasn't that long ago where it didn't used to be this way. It wasn't. I mean, it, it's the whole social media thing extends beyond baseball because it's like, you know, even, like, I'll have friends be like, oh, my boyfriend follows... 
a girl on Twitter and he liked one of her pictures as he cheating on me. Yeah. It's like, it could be like literally some co-worker, like nothing, but there's just all of these new avenues for distrust and disconnect between people and it breeds unhappiness in this world and baseball is just one example and, and, of that. And here's another part of it. With baseball, these guys have to be around each other so much. This is why they don't talk politics. Of course. Because when you have to be with a group for nine months and you want and to maybe years. Yeah, and you want to you do not want to introduce any sort of thing that is going to be controversial, get into a debate, get into an argument, nothing. So they're circling the wagons with everything. And I firmly believe that one of the reasons the Astros weren't as good in 2018 as they were projected to be is because Roberto Ozuna was added to their team. Because when he was added, a lot of players were very unhappy. And, you know, now, of course, they'll they'll do the whole, like, second chances, blah, blah, blah. The same thing with, like, the Cubs and Addison Russell, but more so with Ozuna because he was added to the team and not just, like, on the team when his situation occurred. Verlander was not happy about it. Other players on the team were like, the, the team didn't tell us that it was happening because they knew what we would say. And there was drama. I I know people who report in Houston, they were like, it was not a, there was a bad clubhouse environment for a long time last year because they did not want to play with him. Well, and and it, there was nothing they could do about yeah, it. Yeah, there's nothing you could do at all about it. You know what? Another part of that, they don't want to be asked about it. Of course not, yeah. because anything they say, they might look like they're like pro-wife beating. Yes. And we, then they're on the chopping yeah. block instead of the guy who shouldn't be playing baseball in the first and, place. And, and also, what becomes, and this is what it became, where, I, you know, listen, I don't know Asuna, I don't know him personally at all. I, we have an idea of what he did. It was a terrible thing. So now he's on the team for a full year. So he's on the team. The more you're on the team, the more you're integrated into that team, the more we have the circle of the wagons mentality. Hey, we understand you did something stupid in the past, but you're one of us. Now it becomes us against the world. That is the ultimate. Baseball is the ultimate. It's us in here against everyone out there. And that's why the Talman stuff happened. Of course. Because it was, it's, it's us. It's like, how dare you question one of us? We know because we're in here. And so, anyway. It's so, I mean, from top to bottom, that organization just leaves the grossest taste in my mouth. Because it's like, you know, before the Taubman thing, they <laughs> they signed it. They, they, they got him first while he was suspended. Yeah. And then, at every opportunity for them to ameliorate the situation, they made it worse. They kicked a fan out of the ballpark for having a sign with the domestic violence hotline on it. They said, we have a zero tolerance policy, but they took him anyway. You know, everything they did, like, they had all these opportunities to be like, we're going to donate portions of ticket sales, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. They're like, yeah, we donated $300,000. I'm like, yeah, but he makes $5 million. And you didn't make him donate any of his paycheck to a domestic violence organization, all this stuff. It's like, and then the Talman thing happens, and the cheating thing happens, and it's like, you know what? How, how is any, like, what, not only are you just gross, 
but no parent in their right mind is going to be like, let me take my kids to an Astros game when all this team is cheaters and beaters. Yeah, that doesn't happen, though. So that's, you had me up until then. If, the, if, if I'm the, a parent in Houston, I'm not taking my okay, kids to an Astros but, but game. But you know what? That's, that's not going to hurt their attendance at all. Adrian well, Peterson, no, you and I both know attendance is not where they make no, real money anyway, no, no, so they I don't care. No, I understand that, but this is, a, this is the Adrian Peterson scores a touchdown. No, but I'm saying in terms of fandom for baseball, not in terms of attendance, in terms of growing the game of baseball. Right, right, because, yes, you, you are correct. Because, you know, you're not, you're not going to teach your kids that, that if you cheat your way to the World Series... That's how you should live your Once life. Once again, yes. If you beat women, you can get $5 million a year as a pitcher in the World Series. Like, as a parent, well, and then that kid's not going to grow up loving baseball. Well, yes, you're right. Which, I think that in the, by the past when stuff like this has happened, baseball was able to power through it. If Rolfus Chapman, when he stands on the mound for the Chicago Cubs in the World Series... The big bull in Chicago are all cheering for him. That's whatever. Uh, four years ago. Five years ago. Five. So they're all sitting there. Three years ago. Uh, no, no. The Cubs, Cubs, Indians. Yeah. 16. Yeah, so they're all cheering for him. To, your, to what we're talking about, it's different now. The perception is just different where that is going to be like, oh, here's another thing. Oh, really? That guy? Whereas before you had a, a Wrigley Field with full of people, it's, it, it was the same dynamic we've had in years and years and years of scumbags, as long as you perform, that's okay. But, well, it's but, also how much, like, if it was the Ozuna, not that I'm okay with it, but if it was just like, okay, we got Ozuna, and then it like, you know, as these things usually do, like you're saying, it died down and people moved on. But it's the fact that they keep they kept coming up because they handled it so poorly. Yeah, well, yeah, so screwed up. And that's and that's why. But the point is, like, it, because of their ineptitude and their just general assholishness about this situation, insensitivity. Yeah. They have let it snowball. And if you add the cheating thing in, which not only is like a this year thing, but it spans three, the, the investigation spans three years. And then you add in all the other stuff with MLB. It's like, well, it's a combo deal that together is going to knock MLB out of the game of sports fandom because it's too many things all at once. Yes, well, that, that's it. A month from now, a month from now, well, it's a month from now, well, it's Christmas. Uh, let's say at the beginning of the new year. How are we looking? Are we looking at baseball saying that was an exciting that we, we feel sort of like and then we're talking forget about the Red Sox because you know the Red Sox is who knows what's gonna happen. But are we feeling like okay, they've gotten back on track in terms of getting some people back because it has been a more exciting offseason? I are mean, you? I think the biggest thing is that Fans, existing fans, feel like MLB doesn't care about them. And yet they watch MLB go out and, like, desperately try to attract new fans in misguided ways. And it's kind of like if you are if you have a, a boyfriend or girlfriend and you love them so much, even though they treat you like crap, and you literally watch them go and, like, hit on other people at a bar while you're there, and they're not even good at it. Like, they're trying to cheat on you, and they're not even good at it, but they're doing it to your face, knowing how, like, knowing how much you love them because you stuck around through, like, years of crap, and you put up with it, 
and like you're like why am I still here but you can't leave and they're still doing it but they're not even like it's like if you're gonna do it at yeah, least well, be good at it I think the boyfriend and girlfriend's getting sick of see, watching that for, and I'm talking about baseball fans no I know but I'm saying fans are increasingly like that's how it's been yeah. for such a long time but I think we're reaching a point and I see it every day online where people are like no you know what screw this I have other sports I can watch. Yeah. Even me, I've become much more, like, I watch every Celtics game now. I used to watch, like, I'd watch the Celtics, but, like, I wouldn't, like, watch every game. Like, I'm, like, full in on the Celtics yeah. because, you know what? I love baseball, well, but it's the whole fever pitch thing. You love the Red Sox, but have the Red Sox ever loved you back? No, don't, please erase that. I, I can't. No fever pitch. If I don't, there, there's if, no fever pitch references on this fever podcast. Pitch at least once a day. There's no fever pitch references on this podcast. Um, well, I just made one, so I don't know. I'm never coming back. Uh, so you're always welcome back. But we gotta get going because your voice is. You, you, you've it's given, it's you, getting. I've given you everything that I have. have. It's pretty impressive. I left it all out there. And uh, people find people with Lord Hobo also are. They're cleaning up things around us. Um, all right, Gabrielle, good. We'll, we'll do this again very soon. I think this was a good one. It was good. Good, good job. I'll talk to you. <laughs> Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Ever wonder what it's like to play in an MLB game? Play Loud is your exclusive look into the fun of the game as we mic up the league's biggest stars and follow them with dedicated cameras both on and off the field. Watch game time reactions to some of the biggest plays and follow your favorite players as they chat in the dugout with their teammates between innings. You never know what you're going to see or hear. It's baseball like you've never watched before. Tune in for new episodes of Play Loud only on the MLB YouTube channel. MLB YouTube channel. I'm Matt Spiegel, and I'm the host of the brand new podcast, Beat the Streak Daily. Every weekday this Major League season, I will update the state of Beat the Streak. The rules are simple. Each day, pick one or two players you think will get a hit. And if they do, your streak continues. Sounds doable, right? But so far, it's been impossible to win. And with millions of dollars on the line, no one has ever gotten to 56. Subscribe now to Beat the Streak Daily, wherever you get your podcasts, and play Beat the Streak for your chance to win $5.6 million.